from Des Moines, which is French for the Moines. It's the Talking Paragraphs podcast with your host, former teacher or former journalist and future teacher, Daniel P. Finney, a guy most likely to say, you're sure it's positive? And his best friend, the man of Bluff City, the Sultan of Spreadsheets, and a guy who's most likely to say, this has gone on a little bit long. Memphis Paul. Paul, you have an important message for our listeners. Let's get to that right away. Uh, You'll have an opportunity to complete a brief survey after the podcast. That's something our marketing department uh, wanted done. Well, we value your listenership, and we know you have a choice in podcasts to listen to. Mm -hmm. And so we want to know what you think about our podcast. Provide us a numeric rating uh, response. Right. So we want you to go to paragraphstacker.com and then enter the code ampersand 9FM colon U capital W capital C colon lowercase s uppercase s H exclamation part mark underscore N uppercase H uh, into your comments when the form comes up and you'll enter for a chance to win a dollar off your next podcast from talking paragraphs. Unless you're from Michigan or Rhode Island and there's a different uh, in Delaware, because Delaware is not a real place. It's not. There's a three-digit code for those states. Just go right. to right. the website. And it'll, it'll be right not, there on the page. Not valid at uh, stores not participating. Yeah, not in Puerto Rico. Not those seasons. <laughs> we, we don't care what you think, Puerto Rico. <laughs> no, we do, but not the Virgin Islands. Or the American Samoa. We're, we're cutting you out. That's for sure. Well, if that's not enough to get us canceled, Paul, let's just move right into it. I am in COVID jail, Paul. I yeah. I tested positive for COVID-19 last week. Yeah. And am in the middle of my well, 10-day quarantine. Here's what I want to express Iowa, this. Iowa. I'm just going to say right off, Iowa's a lawless state, so that that's true. doesn't surprise me it happened. Uh, well, if, if I had said I was in COVID jail, you'd be surprised, because uh, my comic shop throughout this uh, two-year cycle has said, no, you need a mask, it needs to fully cover your nose and mouth, and you can't be putting it on right as you're entering the store. Well, you might as well just wear it covers your eyes too. Just go in there with a Spider-Man mask on. Sure, sure. You know, any of the full mask superheroes. Yeah, I tested positive. And most my my what I thought I I thought for sure I had a just a chest cold. I tend to get a cold at the change of the seasons. You know, that yeah. just gets goes from warm to cool. I get it yeah. irritates my bronchial bron- bron- bronchial tubes, and like that's that what I thought I had. Turn, turn, turn. Right. Yeah. For for everything, there is a sickness, and so that's how I was conducting business. And I happened to be on the phone with my mom, and she said, "Well, you know, that's what Jim thought. He's my uncle Jim." thought he thought he had COVID or he thought he had a cold and he went and got tested and turned out he had COVID. So normally I would just ignore this, but for some reason it just stuck a buzz in the back of my head. I'm like, well, if I have COVID, I don't want to get other people sick. So I went and I got tested and you go to the testing facility and they offer you two kinds of tests. One's the rapid test and one's that takes 24 to 72 hours. The rapid test, you find out in an hour, but it has a 30% false negative 
yeah. result. So I said, well, because I was sure I had a cold. I said, well, just give me the, the long one, the more accurate one. It'd be fine. And I got it and I just went home and I, I did what they tell you to do. So I informed the university. I said, Hey, I'm, I'm having this test. I've, I've got what I think is a head cold, but I'm going to test. And they said, okay, well, you're on conditional quarantine. You can't come to campus till you get your result. And if it's positive, then you have to do 10 full days from when symptoms. Presented. All right. I'm, I'm going to interrupt it. There's a particular number you call and it's staffed with an actual person that has a, a sheet of paper that tells them how to respond. Um, I called the, I called the dean, I called the dean of students office and I asked what I was supposed to do. And they said, Oh, uh, I'll give you your name to these people and they'll be in touch. And they were, uh, pretty quickly. And there was a list of stuff I was supposed to do. And then they asked me like, okay, what was, what, where, where were you on campus when you started feeling symptoms? And I had started feeling yeah. symptoms over the weekend. I had attended one class Shakespeare because I was due a report. And then mm -hmm. I had this cold. I, I felt pretty peaked after going to the class. And so I, I emailed my night's class professor. And I'm like, what's the rule on like, you're just regular kind of sick, not COVID sick. And he's like, you better stay home. So I got the test and it turned out I was COVID. So I'm mostly just embarrassed because I feel like I'm the last man in America to get COVID. And, and it's a yeah. breakthrough infection. I want to, I want to make this clear. This is not, I'm not, what I'm is, not Aaron Rodgers parsing mean? my, well, Oh yeah. I, 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 I was have, vaccinated. Been vaccinated. Right. I'm not parsing words here with this inoculation talk. I'm, I am, uh, I was vaccinated. In fact, I was like three or four days away from getting yeah. my booster shot. Did they use the same terminology? Like if, if you get pregnant, but you, you wore like a rubber or something. Oh, this was a break. <laughs> pregnancy, just so you know, you didn't want this baby. Uh, no, but, they call those you know, miracle 90, babies. It's 90, 95% uh, you know, like I have a friend who 5% uh, yeah, I have a friend who was on birth control and yeah. they ended up getting she ended up getting pregnant with her, she and her, yeah. it was with her husband uh, and the you know this is the whatever the failure rate on birth control she was like yeah, she's our one in a x number million whatever so they they call those miracle kids uh yeah. so i think i think the the terminology for children is different which is unfortunate vaccines yeah yeah I, I here's the only thing i could tell you about being in quarantine it, it it reminds me of a time when i was a kid and my mom grounded me my parents grounded me because i had a girl in the house when they weren't home which sounds, oh, yeah. yeah, that sounds way more racy than it was. Like, I, I didn't know anything about sex. This, I was like a senior in high school, but I didn't really know anything about, I didn't even know why they were worried about it. Uh, the girl sat in a complete, we sat in separate chairs and we literally rented a movie and watched it. That's all we did. That, well, that's and, gateway. That's a gateway activity. Is, yeah, it was a gateway activity to renting you know r-rated films i don't know yeah yeah anyway we we did nothing uh, we didn't have any physical contact whatsoever i didn't know what they're worried about but anyway i understand it now in retrospect i get it but at the time i was like why are you so pissed off but so they grounded me for the weekend this was like 91 no uh, 93 and so, I, you know, I mowed the lawn, did my homework, did a little recreational reading, watched the Braves in the playoffs. Mm. And then my mom was like, okay, well, let's go cut your hair. So we're driving up to the shop where my mom worked as a hairdresser. And she's like, well, how's your day been going? I said, well, it's been great. You know, got the yard done, got my homework done, did some reading, watched the ball game. 
and she was kind of pissed off because um she thought like i was gonna be bummed out because i was punished but like i i was an introvert so you all you basically told me to do was stay home and not uh interact with anybody (laughs) when and when so that's a little bit the way quarantine is except i'm in uh graduate school and it's actually better when you're in class than when you're not so well it's funny a little that bit you stressed. mentioned that uh because i think the economists are like your mom where it's like hey uh we shut down the the country mm-hmm. uh but now you know now we fix things so you're you're free to go back to work but People aren't going back to work. It's like we're confused. Like, yeah, people actually don't like to work, you know. <laughs> so if if you don't have to work, uh, uh, then maybe you don't go back to work uh, or as fast as uh, you want us to, you know, government agency. And uh, people who don't pay very good wages. Yeah. Like if yeah. you're in the food service industry and you found out that you could survive without food service industry wages, then it's, you may just yeah. say, "You may just say this well, isn't worth it. I don't, I don't want to schlep if you're, uh, beer and pancakes to people." Um, you're you're making twice as much, so um, you probably have uh, some wiggle room in terms of the time it takes you to get back to work. No, oh, that's true. You mean through the stimulus money? Yeah. yeah. Well, and maybe there's some of these people got better jobs. Yeah. That Who knows? Too. Well, I don't know. Anyway, I've got COVID. It's mostly just felt like a chest cold and I've slept a lot, but I'm out of COVID jail starting Wednesday. So, yeah. but we're, so I'm, I'm podcasting from COVID. I, Paul, for your safety, I'm wearing earbuds, so yeah. uh, I don't think that my toxic air particles can travel yeah. through the earbud. Just the back, toxic masculinity. Back through the internet into your... Yeah, my, to- my toxic masculinity is with me about. always. Yeah, my toxic oh, masculinity is with me always. About. Paul... You were not in COVID jail, and to rub it in my face, you did something that you rarely do, which is go to yeah. the theater and watch a film. I had a free movie pass for my for my birthday from my employer two years back. Right. I finally utilized. I was not used to being in the movie theater. They, uh, uh, they're like, oh, where do you want to sit? It's like, you know, I'll just pick out a place to sit. But no, they have like a little uh, chart there on the register. You know, it was like a graph. It was like I was playing Battleship. So I sat E3. Uh, I don't know that I actually sat in E3. That was different. That was a COVID thing. So COVID was with me uh, during the movie experience. Most, most theaters have assigned seats now. Well, that's been that's maybe, been around. Maybe that's that's a, been a, that's been around for a couple of years. That was pre-COVID. Well, I guess I haven't been. So that's that's how long it's been since I've, I've been to a movie. Right. I, right. Uh, Most of the big charting. I think a small one-screen place probably doesn't, or art house places don't. But like the big chain theaters with the stadium seating and stuff, they do now. Yeah. And have for a little while. I don't know why, but that's how it goes. Yeah. So, what was the name of the movie you went to see? Last Night in Soho, I, I think is the title. Edgar yes. Wright. Starring Anna Taylor Joy, the star of yeah. The Queen's Gambit, the breakout hit Netflix show about playing chess yeah. that I've not watched. Have no she was. Of she was in this. I, I wouldn't say she was the lead. Yeah. Uh, although it's a kind of a confusing film, so I don't. I don't know. You know, up is down in this movie. 
This we, we talked this, about this movie briefly earlier, and it's one of those films where I like a film that is uh, trying something different, you know, and maybe it doesn't come off, but you're you're seeing something uh, a little different than. Is this memento esque like in the sense that? Yeah. Somewhere between Memento and Mulholland Drive. And, you know, and you like a movie where it's like, eh, you know, I don't know if they did anything different, but I enjoyed it. And right. I, I care more about that. So it failed, failed in that aspect in the sense that uh, eh, they probably could have done a better job keeping the story together. But uh, the first 30 minutes or so, are really outstanding and overall it was worth a watch uh especially if you like uh the cinematic aspects of a movie like i, I wouldn't be surprised that this movie won best you know w- whatever that category is cinematography, cinematography. Or yeah that that kind of a that kind of an award you know I, like I, when you told me you were going I, I watched the trailer and it looked cool not cool enough for me to go to it but definitely cool enough that like if i had time on a saturday or sunday i would spin it on one of the streaming services because that seems fun i don't know there was a time when i would go to everything but that time is long past our podcast listeners are an affluent um group that's what our marketing tells us Right. So I would I would advise all our listeners to see this film. We make uh, all our decisions by metrics here, folks. I would say if you're going to watch it, watch it in the theater because it's you know I think I feel like a cinematography type film is better to see in the theater. Sure. Uh, I would say I would like, say if you're going to watch it, watch it on your 50 inch big screen. Just sit six feet gonna, away from it. Well, we're you know we're going to discuss that horrible space movie with Sandra Bullock later in the podcast, but sure. Uh, it, it, as much as I dislike her, mm-hmm. it was a fun movie to watch in the theater. I feel like it was better in the theater than uh, at home on a flat screen. Uh, but uh, anyway, it was. Uh, I don't want to give away too much about the plot of it, but uh, mm. it, it had some interesting cinematic. Is it that you don't want to give away the plot, on. or is it that you don't want to give away the plot, or is it that you don't remember? Uh, no, I remember. Uh, okay. It, it kind of it kind of tailed at the end, but uh, um, the 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 action of of the of the movie. Um, it kind of unfolds in a certain way and the cinematography of that uh, made it more interesting because it's like the person is uh, her mother had mental illness and she's kind of, you know, like what she's seen is uncertain or experiencing is uncertain. Uh So, um, so the visuals kind of are like, Oh, is this real? Is she imagining this or, but uh, like as it unfolds, that the cinematography kind of helps that uh, a little bit. Um, anyway, it, it was a uh, very very good uh, visual effects. Uh, uh, right on. And it's you know it's not like Marvel visual effects. Uh, just the, the it's set in London. Uh, in the present time and then there's some setting in the past and it kind of blends together that was done in a very interesting way uh but uh i would uh i'd give it my highest recommendation for someone who's seen one movie in the last two years (laughs) fair enough i've not been able to go to the new marvel movie the eternals The reviews on that have been mixed, which doesn't surprise me because it's a real deep cut, even for comic book guys like me. Like those are comics that I knew existed, but didn't 
I never read them. I just knew, I vaguely knew about the characters and their existence, but they never held any interest in me. Uh, this was the period of Jack Kirby's career. He was the guy who created all this stuff where he was back at Marvel, having been at DC for a few years. And Jack always had this urge to create this long cosmic epic that explained the universe. And I just think he was ahead of his time. I think if he yeah. was creating today, he'd be heralded as a genius. He's still heralded as a genius, but the problem was he was in a medium that was sales-based. And yeah. those comics just didn't sell as well as the latest issue of Spider-Man. But it was his his equivalent of John from Cincinnati. That's what I'm right. Hearing. Sort of. Yeah, exactly. It was it there was something there was something going on there that i think with an editor maybe and the, I, anyway the regardless of the comics origin it, it other than to say this is a deep cut like for normal people who didn't grow up reading comics iron man was a deep cut like uh kind of know there's an iron man he was not a well-known character before the movie in 2008 well people like me really knew how iron man were we even knew who the vision was this is five ten steps behind that like this is stuff that i knew about but never read you know like commandy the last boy on earth and other things like that these are comics that really get into the deep hardcore fandom so uh, it doesn't surprise me that the reviews are mixed because its origins are not as close to the surface as some of the other stuff that marvel has done i'll probably go to it but i might even wait for it to be on disney plus the spider-man movie looks good you had mentioned this new film or that's coming out with tom hanks finch I don't know anything about this yeah. air, air astronaut movie again. Uh, it's it's like he invents some robot and it's yeah, post-apocalyptic and it's like, I'm not going to leave you behind, buddy. So it's like he and his RV and this robot that he's invented. He, he's a scientist. Mm -hmm. It's kind of out in the desert. I, I don't, it's, it's on, the, what is it, on Apple Plus TV? Is or it? Something? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Apple gets enough money I, out of me. They're not getting any more for their TV. Um, I I kind of had a visceral reaction to this. The, the same reaction like you've seen the sixth adaptation of uh, The Matrix where it's like, oh, uh, it's an alternate reality and you've got some you know, the same special effects. It's like, okay, I'm tired of this. Well, I'm tired of the the Finch movie. It's kind of like the movie where Matt Damon is on the the Mars planet, Mars. and he's like, yeah, he's just he's like somehow he's abandoned up there, and I'm going to science the shit out of this so that I can you know eat and manufacture oxygen or whatever, and uh, uh, it it's, it's kind of like. The, the the REM front man was kind of preaching to people about uh, what was he into? This kind of liberal politics or what, I don't know. What was he I, kind of famous? I, I only for? listen to that guy's music. Yeah, everybody's got a cause. I don't think he was like on the edge, but it was just like, hey, you're like the sixth guy to be saying this, you know out of uh, the music industry or Hollywood, and this is like sure. the fifth or sixth movie that's in this kind of uh, vein of uh, Wall-E or uh, The Martian or that space film with uh, Sandra Bullock where... Uh, well, you know, uh, this is what There's a message going on. And, the, the word we use today for this is wokeism, but it's just... Yeah. What it is is pounding people over the head with your cause to the point that even if they were sympathetic to your cause, they're kind of like, screw you, I don't want to be on your team. 
you're so unpleasant and there's the there was a great opinion piece in the wall street journal this week and i'm forgetting the author's name but she she wrote basically there's part of the reasons why the democrats did so poorly in virginia which is typically democratic in state elections part of the reasons democrats did so poorly is there the wokeism comes with a certain kind of smugness where people say things like i believe in science and they're very dismissive of people who don't agree with them and sometimes i can understand that dismissiveness in the sense that um there's a lot of stupid ideas that have gotten way deeper roots than they should have but sometimes i get angry at the woke crowd because it's like i get it i understand this is the problem stop just stop just settle down i still have to live my life and i'm not trying to screw anybody over i'm not trying to take anything away from anybody but i i gotta keep moving forward and yeah and i think that's what happens with right they have like a carbon neutral house because it's got solar panels and uh, some kind of embedded uh, cistern system and they're driving a Tesla and those things are all great except uh, the cost of doing that is, you know, millions of dollars and we're not right. all making $20 million a film. Right. Congratulations. So you can afford geo. Congratulations. You can afford a geothermal housing uh geothermal heating and cooling i'm happy for you uh and you're doing you're doing the lord's work but um yeah nobody likes to be talked down to even when they're wrong nobody likes to be talked down to and that's what a lot of this feels like is a lot of like finger wagging and talking down to people and it's uh it's irritating I have a question coming out of this Finch film. Okay. So we've got Finch with, with, or Fitch, Finch, whatever, with Tom Hanks. Uh, yeah. We've got The Martian with Matt Damon and Sandra Bullock from Gravity from 2013. Of these three actors, which one do you think actually? took a science class in high school most likely to have taken it um i don't think any of them did but uh i i imagine um matt damon had to do some research to pretend to understand uh math for that math movie he was in you know he he does all the counting card stuff. He, he did uh, uh, the movie where he's uh, the card sharp uh, rounders. So yeah. Kind of thinks he's a smart guy that could, could win a card if he had to. Uh, I'm so going to say Tom I, Hanks. I I'm going to say Tom uh, Hanks because he's older. And a guy his age, they made everybody take science back then. His deep study of genetics led to the movie Big. Actor Chris Pratt tweeted or put on the Instagram a compliment for his wife who had given birth to their new daughter, their daughter. And he, he said... He said it in an odd way that he complimented his wife for giving him a healthy daughter, giving them a healthy daughter. And he has a kid with actress Anna Faris, and the boy is on the autism spectrum or something. I'm not exactly sure what it is. And woke Twitter, woke social media, just they, they loaded up into their Jeeps and went went to war on Chris Pratt. Uh, it was a, it was a lot of it was like this. I have a kid with development and disabilities. And if my sure. 
husband or whatever said that I would be so pissed off, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this again is making a problem where there isn't one. I think Chris Pratt just said he was excited about his new kid with his wife and he wasn't saying anything negative about his other kid or his other partner with which he had a kid. I think, I think that you can read that in there if you want to, but you can read anything into anything that you want to. And if, if we have a society that's that if we're bracing our society on the idea that we're just going to be offended or look for opportunities to be offended all the time. Well, you can do that and it'll work. Yeah. I mean, work. it'll work fine because everything's an opportunity for that. You know, I'm going to, I watched the Simpsons and Simpsons and Homer is fat and they're clearly making fun of fat people and I'm fat and that hurts my feelings. You know, you can, you can do this all day. Everything's offensive now. Uh, And it goes both ways. Like people who are upset because the, the person who plays Doctor Who is a woman for the last several seasons. That's that's offensive. I, if you if you worship at the at the altar of the Church of Our Lady of Perpetual Victimhood, you will always find a way to keep being upset about stuff. You will find a way. You will make that your living, your life's work is to find a way. To, you're not, because these people, what makes me angry about this kind of thing is these people aren't trying to take that kind of hurt out of the world. They're just trying to get attention for themselves. They're like, Chris Pratt has said something. I've decided to read this as something horrible. And then I'm going to express that. And now I'm going to vet measure my righteousness in the number of likes and retweets I get. And to all of that, I just say, fuck off. You've done nothing except, you know, insult a guy or go crazy on a guy who's just had a kid and made the made people just a little bit more, less likely to participate, to just say, you know what? I have good things going on in my life and I am not going to share those. Just go ahead and continue to believe that the world is awful at every turn. That's great. You do that. Have a, have a, have a wonderful society because that's what we have now and we deserve it. Uh, Rant, rant. I'm done ranting. Sorry. Um, Well, he, he could have uh, not posted anything, and uh, true. Like, oh, how ungr- how ungrateful you! Uh, right, you didn't uh, you didn't say congratulations on this baby when you three weeks ago said what a great uh, banana split I had at Baskin Robbins? You know, you can celebrate that, but not the kid. Yeah, um, I think the only answer is to I'm, never join social media never post anything and never react to anything. That's the only safe move because unless you're doing what, whatever the person is that reads your tweet at the moment or your post or whatever it is, wants you to be doing, wants you to be mad about, wants you to be infuriated or scared or frightened. Unless you're doing that, they're always going to be ticked off. And they're always going to express themselves in, in a way that makes you seem like you're the worst person who ever lived. And I just, it's not worth it. I, I don't understand this mentality. It's not, you know, it's dumb. And, you know, if I, I had, I did read what Chris Pratt tweeted or Instagrammed. I don't know exactly where it was. I did read it. I thought it was oddly worded, but he's kind of an odd guy. He says things weird. Uh, But I didn't read it as anything more. But then, uh, uh, you know, somebody's going to come after me and say, well, you're not a woman and you don't have somebody who's uh, got developmental issues. To which I would say, 
that doesn't mean that I don't have empathy. You know, life is filled with troubling things. And again, what these people are doing isn't trying to dis- to stop troubling things from happening. They just want attention. And I have erred by bringing this up and giving, I'm not naming any names, but I'm giving this kind of shit storm attention when I should just ignore it. Uh, but it is, it is a sickness that we have as an, as a country, as a people that, that we're continuing to just tantrum our way through any kind of discussion of, of issues and look for offense in whatever may come our way. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Paul, you got to add anything? Uh, no, no. Yeah. You've, <laughs> you've preserved your future. Well played. Let's go to sports. Iowa Sport. narrowly defeated Northwestern. Um, I would have guessed that Iowa would have lost that game just because they have no offense and they always seem to lay an egg against Northwestern or they often lay an egg against Northwestern. Uh, Iowa State beat Texas, which we talked about before the show. Is beating Texas even a thing anymore? Iowa State has beat them three years in a row. So that used beating Texas used to be a big deal, but I don't know if it's a big deal anymore. They're just not very good. And they haven't been very good for a while. What what are your thoughts? I mean, the only thing that's a big deal about Texas is they have a lot of money and they bring a lot of TV sets, but they haven't been good. Boy, it's been a while. Um, well, Oklahoma had a bye week, and I always find uh, bye week to be an interesting time because it's like nothing bad can happen to you this week. Uh, mm-hmm. You can just sit back and watch the train wrecks everywhere else. Right. So that that was the takeaway, like Michigan State. They lost to my new favorite team, Purdue, not knocking out the undefeated. And uh, Wake Forest, they lost. And uh, Cincinnati, they weren't going to get a look in, but even more so now, they've got a new excuse to not give them a look in if they narrowly defeated Tulsa uh, on the final score. Right. I think the, I think, I don't know if this was, I don't know if this was explicitly said, but basically, the committee, which put them at seven or eight, I don't know. Anyway, the committee basically said, you're going to have to blow everybody out, and even then you're not getting in. So maybe good luck in the Big 12, because I don't know what the Big 12 becomes when Oklahoma and Texas are gone. Again, I looked this up. Texas was 13-1 and in 2009 and lost the, the championship game that year. Since then, well, they've had a lot of winning seasons, but not great. So they're like seven and three, eight and five. You know, they're not terrific teams. Uh, without Oklahoma and Texas, and with the four kind of weaker teams that are being let in, uh, I would say the Big 12 will be the weakest of the, of the Power Five conferences. Yeah, they'll fall behind they, the Pac-12. Is that what you're but saying? But if they go, you know, if you have an undefeated team, there's a chance that they get a little more respect than than they do now. Sure. Uh, so best, best of luck next year, Cincinnati, or whatever yeah. year they get in. Uh, well, I assume you and Texas will come up with the buyout money by by winter. By I, I don't think this. I don't think this is going to last till the end of the contract by any means there's going to be a couple of boosters who just pay the 85 million and that'll be the end of it the other big news is james madison university is moving up to fbs in football they were already division one in basketball because they were the darling of a tournament yeah so recently several years ago they, but they're going to, I think, we both think, 
that they're going to need to change their nickname because their nickname is the Dukes. Oh, which I think recalls the Dukes of Hazard, which, as we know, is illegal to talk about or explain what the Dukes of Hazard was. So they should change their name. They have they have a bulldog mascot, which is the most boring mascot to have. I know that because I went to Drake and we had the bulldog mascot. And and you went to Drake. Uh, Yale had the bulldog. They're on their like 55th bulldog or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I think that you changed uh, your name I, and you had a good idea. The Dollies, the right. Dolly Madisons. And he, right. he, you don't even need one mascot. You could be uh, whatever snack cake uh, of the uh, of the week. You know, you could have one each game. Uh, I, I don't know that I'm familiar with all the, the Dolly Madison snack cakes that there are, but... Uh, well, they could, could be. They, they could, could be. Could even, it could even be seasonal. Yeah, they could pumpkin spice this time of year. You know, they could be the honey buns. They could. They could be the raspberry zingers, chocolate yeah. zingers, or vanilla zingers. Right. They could be the apple pies, the cherry pies, the chocolate <laughs> cupcakes, and the cinnamon coffee cake. Yeah, and then you know. The teams they have this thing because being on defense, you don't you know score touchdowns or get to do as much stuff that draws attention to yourself. It's like, oh, here's the turnover belt or the turnover axe or the you know it could just be the turnover because that's an apple turnover or sure. the snack attack uh, could be the <laughs> offense. So you've added some uh, the snack attack or that could be the defense. I don't know. Yeah, we're uh, we're snacking on quarterbacks. I like it. Plus, wasn't there a dolly that like sewed an American flag to? Or am I conflating? Uh, no, Dolly Madison down? was. Uh, uh, do- you're thinking of uh, the legend of uh, that lady, Martha. Uh, yeah. What was her name? Betsy Ross. You're thinking of Betsy Ross, who didn't Did actually she have a cow, flag, that, but... cow that knocked over and set fire to chicago or uh, uh apparently that's a myth too like the cow was innocent wasn't the cow <laughs> uh, everything that we learned about history was a lie which mm-hmm. being a southerner you should know that mm-hmm. uh and anyway uh dolly madison was actually pretty kick-ass she she was the one when during the War of 1812, when the British were setting the White House on fire, she saved like the Constitution, the Bill yeah. of Rights, uh, maybe oh. some other really important founding documents. Like she went and grabbed them before the yeah. they burned up. So well, that well that that worked. Her. That you know, like the Boomer Sooner, we have a the schooner. Yeah, uh, that that goes across the field. So when yeah. they score, it could just be this woman, uh, like she set the fire behind her, and then she's running across the field with the you know articles of confederation and federal <laughs> papers or whatever. She saved them. <laughs> I like that. Like she's just running across the field with with a burning constitution. You know, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Uh, I, I would I would prefer that to those to that trend of choreographed bench players celebrating a three pointer or a big dunk. You remember that? Oh, that yeah. went on for a while uh, in in basketball. So anyway, good luck to the James Madison Dollies. Yeah. I don't know what conference they're joining. The, the Bible, belt. the Bible Belt, the Corn Belt, yeah. Rust Belt, the you know whatever. Uh, so we've talked about Facebook changing its name to Meta as part of the Metaverse, and how 
none of this is for us and we don't care. But there was an interesting story picked up by TMG, uh, which I, I'm ashamed to admit uh, I clicked on. Excuse me, not TMG, TMZ. Uh, TMZ reports that there is already a company named Meta that's incorporated in Arizona and they sell laptops, computers, tablets, that sort of thing. I think they do repair. And they want Facebook to buy their name for $20 million. Yeah. Which, if I'm Facebook, I would just buy the whole shop and then close it. Yeah. You know. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, Facebook, they've already made $20 million out of the publicity of the story. So they're, they're ahead. Sure. But, you know, they, Facebook has a lot of tricks. I feel like uh, they can make Meta the... Uh, appliance repair store a shareholder and they can just dilute their shares like the actual Zuckerberg did uh, to one of his partners early on or yeah. or the, the the lawyers could sit down with the owner and it's like hey you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna make your life miserable like we see you have a 15 year old daughter we're gonna make her feel insecure about herself <laughs> oh wait, we're already doing that. We're gonna get uh, her on the Instagram. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we don't even have a targeter. It's just it would just be a bad experience. Uh, or I bet the owners of this Arizona shop they all have Facebook accounts, and Zuckerberg yeah. has mined all their personal data, and like <laughs> they're just gonna dispatch a guy in a gray suit who gets out of a, you know, mm -hmm. non nondescript sedan and walks in and uh, sits his briefcase on the table and he takes out two manila, thick manila folders. And he says uh, about that $20 million price tag and just pushes them across mm -hmm. the table and they open them up and then they're like horrified like of shit that they've said on the internet and pictures that they've posted or things that yeah. things that would, you know, end up there. And then they're like, you know what? We'll just change our name. We're we're now we're now Bill's Computer Emporium. It's all you. It's all you fellas. You know. I'm not. I'm not sure we should make fun of Facebook, or I shouldn't. But because uh, who knows when they're going to come for me? Because they're always coming for you. It ain't paranoia if they're trying to get you. Sure. Paul, it's uh, several days after Halloween, and that means, of course, that it's time to, time, time to think. Think about Christmas. It is. We've got to think about Christmas, and the only thing that matters about Christmas is Dolly Madison yeah. snack cakes. No. The only thing that matters about Christmas is toys, and we would like to preview some of the hot toys this yeah that have come along this Christmas for this Christmas season. Paul, you have a favorite here uh, that you had texted me about during the week. Gassy Gus by Ideal Games. Yeah. Uh, I'd just like to read the, the description. Gassy Gus is a gut-busting game that's a blast to play for two to four mm -hmm. players. Use cards to feed Gus all sorts of gaseous foods from soda to baked beans. With each tasty dish, players must pump Gus with gas and watch his belly grow bigger and bigger. But watch out for the big blast of gas. Be the first to feed Gus all your food and win. Includes gassy Gus figure with pumping head and inflatable belly. 46 food cards, eight Belly Buster soda cards and one extra belly. So the real question there is, what do you need the extra belly for? 
Uh, I don't know if the first one goes bad or, uh, you know, if you're playing with six to eight players, you need a second belly. Uh, it allows for that. See, like a cow, there's like six stomachs. There's two bellies for yeah. for gassy guys. When you have a table and it has that uh, piece of wood you can put in it to extend the legs, what, I forget what that's called. So, Leaf. You know, They're called leaves. Yeah. I mean, ironically, these are made from trees where the leaves have been cut off in the the wood, but they call that a leaf in a table. Yeah. Yeah. So so maybe a second belly is needed. Uh, I don't know why the soft drinks are particularly gassy. Maybe this is a game that was made by... uh, the FDA, some food and nutrition organization. I feel like it. Uh, I feel like if you uh, demonize soda enough, which mm-hmm. I think has happened, that eventually people will start to hate everything that's fun. Like, yeah. uh, sure, it's a good strategy. Like my, uh, I, I drink diet soda. I I don't drink. I rarely, rarely have a sugared soda anymore. And all I get from other people is pop is going to kill you. Pop is diet. Pop is worse than regular pop. And I'm like, here's what I know for sure. Regular pop is bad for me. This other stuff. I'm not sure that the, the science is there on that. And even if it is, leave me alone. I need the caffeine. It's a drug. I'm addicted. I will yeah. go down on this. This is the hill I will die on. I'm going to drink well, this. Queen, Queen, they say that no one lives forever. So uh, we do have that going on. Yeah, well, I think Queen says, who wants to live forever? And I couldn't agree. Oh. Yeah. Here uh, are some other popular toys that bear commenting. This is called... Melissa and Doug's Blues Clues and You Wooden Mailbox Playset. Wow. So there are a couple things here. I know what Blues Clues is. It's it's a PBS show, or at least it used to be on PBS, where there was a there was a dog and like his friend, and I guess there's another friend now, Melissa, and they uh i don't know it's for kids so i've never watched it i don't know what they do but the kids who watch it really love it here's where i'm a little lost um what the hell does a kid in 2021 know about mail or mailboxes maybe it's part of the show i don't know but you know it it shouldn't at least be like melissa and doug's blues clues text playset yeah. Or email playset if you want to go old school, like a mailbox. Maybe there's a mailbox think, in the show. Is there a yeah. mailbox in the show? Well, I think I think Facebook is gonna buy this game. <laughs> just, just like they bought Meta. All right. They're gonna so buy the post be, office too. It, well, it'll be it'll be virtual reality or Instagram or something. Uh, yeah. Mail time. Uh-huh comes from comes with reusable wooden stamps an envelope invitations a memory game and more yeah reusable wooden stamps yeah. maybe that's the next move for the post office i don't know uh yeah uh it should come with like uh a, a book to help you prepare for the the postal exam uh, for the virtual uh, wooden mailbox. <laughs> Those are good, still good jobs if you can get them. They are. Uh, there's uh, Barbie holiday doll. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Barbie is all dressed up for the holiday. This festive version of the doll comes in a fun candy cane themed dress. 
and has matching accessories like a clutch, heels, and earrings. Yeah. Does she have her? Uh, does she have her vaccine card? <laughs> um. Has she had her shots? Does, she's been. She's inoculated. She, she she's inoculated, and that's all she wants to say yeah. about it. Uh. I don't. I don't even. If is this the Barbie that's supposed to be properly proportioned like a regular woman, or is this just the uh, body Barbie with the body that has ruined every woman's self-image? I I think it's the latter because you know if you're going on vacation, you probably starve yourself to be able to wear a swimsuit and this tropical paradise you've gone to. to you know. Sure. Barbie's getting her groove back. Uh, uh, so there could be a toilet that comes with this that she's thrown up into yeah. for a few weeks beforehand. Um, <laughs> I shit you not. I, you know, I watched those reruns on Carson, of Carson mm-hmm. on uh, Pluto TV. And I've picked up this annoying habit of uh, texting you jokes that I think you'll appreciate from the show but they did a toy preview on one of their shows oh. i remember them doing these and the one that i most recently watched they had a barbie that, that was of some theme or another but it actually barbie actually came with a commode that made a flushing noise yeah. uh and ed mcmahon said they've gone too far <laughs> and if only he knew uh, the, I mean, I think Gat, yeah, you know, Gus could have come with a Washington mode too. He could visit her. I remember he always had those things on, and they never had a single thing that I ever thought, "Oh, I'd I'd like to have that." When I was a kid, I would always be like, I, "It was always like the worst, stupidest toys." Uh, Lego Harry Potter Hogwarts Wizards chess. Not only will they be yeah. able to act out the iconic chess scene from Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, whatever the hell that is, with this set, but they also can also play a real game of chess along with the board, chess pieces, and Harry Potter, Hermione Granger, and Ron Weasley minifigures. They'll be able to get an exclusive Golden Service Snape minifigure and three collectible wizard tie- card tiles. I have a yeah. suggestion because here's what happened in my impression is here's what happens with Lego from, from watching my friends with kids is the kids build the thing one time and then it mm-hmm. just sits around and eventually gets put away or, you know, put in a closet. Mm-hmm. My suggestion is we skip the middleman of building a chess set just give them a chess set and never play it. Yeah. Um, are, are you a chess player, Paul? My grandfather and grandmother, they had a chess board that they'd play like every evening. Um, oh, wow. So they're like me in football manual 2011, uh, uh, where I, I've been playing it for the last eight years uh-huh. or whatever. Uh, I haven't really got my money's worth out of it. Uh, but uh, I, I I think I had a few Legos. They're, I think they were mainly space themed. So maybe I got like two or three space themes. I think that's the way to go. If you have to, if you have to go down the Lego route, is to pick pick a an area uh, so that like say you build one thing it'll it'll fit in the greater Legos community that you've already purchased items for. Right. That don't don't try and be in all you know in all Lego worlds unless you're a, a millionaire. Uh, <laughs> What you do is you buy this. What you do is you buy this chess box, this box of Harry Potter chess, 
and you take it and you put it in your safety deposit box at the bank and you wait, wait for it to... like two years and it'll be worth two thousand dollars on ebay then you sell it that's yeah. not even a joke like legos that used to be able to buy at the store two years ago like the original lego millennium falcon toy goes for like five thousand dollars now granted its original price was like 150 bucks but still that's pretty good roi so that's what you do with this you don't play with this i don't even know if kids play with toys all of the people i know who have kids all they do is play video games except for my one friend andrew whose kids only like three he plays with hot wheels he plays with cars that's pretty much his obsession Here's another hot toy for Christmas. Another another game. Throw Throw Avocado. Oh. It's a follow-up to Throw Throw Burrito. Oh, okay. It's, it's called a dodgeball card game. The whole family can enjoy. Players will collect matching cards to earn points and start avocado wars and duels. It's fun on its own but it can also be combined with throw, throw burrito to create an epic combo game. Yeah. A couple of things here. Avocados are notoriously uh, thirsty plants. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think it's important to get your kid this game because as climate change continues to challenge our ability to grow food in the desert and other dumb things that we do as a country. Um, I think avocados, this would be nice so you can remember what an avocado looked like. Yeah. They may not, they'll, they'll never know it was to make delicious guacamole. They'll never know that it was a power yeah. food that, that, that will be lost well, time, but they'll at least be like, this is what an avocado looks like. And then you just throw it at somebody. I'm gonna I'm gonna be more climate conscious. Yeah. And and get the uh, the Greta Thunberg uh, sailboat a little Lego set <laughs> so I can recreate her three months journey across the Atlantic. <laughs> uh, I'm are, curious how expensive are, that ship was. Uh, are, are Legos carbon neutral? Maybe maybe Fitch and. Uh, Fitch and the Martian uh, <laughs> built that for uh, just out of spare parts. All right. Let's see if there's any more of these worth talking about before we get out of here. The uh, Oh, there's a Hot Wheels Massive Loop Mayhem track set. Which leads me to ask the question, are there no new ideas? And I think the answer to that is pretty clear, but uh... well, the best you know, the best ideas are the traditional ones. Well, here I, we go. I don't here... know why the, I don't know why they don't just bring back uh, Lincoln Log. That was that was a fun toy. They have them, but they're plastic. Yeah. Mattel Uno Triple Play. You've yeah. played Uno before, but never like this. Up the intensity with this version that features three piles and sounds and lights that will tell you where you, to place your cards. Put too many cards in one pile, and it will overload. Now, oh. I have a lot of fond memories playing Uno with multiple players, but I, I don't. This sounds anxiety-inducing. This is like in a level of intensity I don't need for my Uno game. Does it come with a therapy book? It's uh, <laughs> part of yeah. part of the. That's, that's what you you win. You get to go to therapy. The I'm so freaked out all the time. I don't know where to put the card, and it keeps buzzing. You know, yeah. you're you've got Uno PTSD or mucho PTSD. The, I don't know. I'll tell you the. The game, the game that freaked me out was Operation because it would buzz you, and you and you killed someone. Uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't feel like that's a good preparation for a medical 
<coughs> professional. No, no, I think medical professionals need to get comfortable with the fact that their patients die and it's sometimes their fault yeah. because otherwise they'll never get the insurance they need. Fun, fun operation fact, Paul, we'll close out the segment. Fun operation fact. Do you know what the name of the drawing where the, the guy where you're pulling the parts out of him, you know what the name of the, that guy is? Uh, Buddy Hackett. <laughs> no. His name is Cavity Sam. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, I don't, I don't know why they felt the need to include the word cavity. I feel like if you just called him Sam, that was enough. But they, they added the cavity, and then somehow it made it unclean. Well, I guess all the cavities are the, the operational details. Fair enough. Any last thoughts for our friends and viewers, listeners across the world? Other than to remember to take the uh, survey uh, after the tone. Well, there's 90 days, 90 shopping days left until Christmas. Um, Is that correct? Be careful. Be careful about uh, who you're sliding on social media. Yeah. Uh, go out. Go out and watch this last last night in Soho. Uh, but feel free to walk out after 30 minutes. Those, those are my parting thoughts to the listeners. Well, for Paul in Memphis, I'm Dan in Des Moines. Thanks for listening to Talking Paragraphs. And as always, behave and be kind. Well, I guess we can close the file on that one. <laughs>